Hi, I'm Sarah Fry. Welcome to Patent Pod. Training and consultation, or TAC, services support LEAs by providing professional development, technical assistance, and consultation regarding Pennsylvania's special education initiatives. Patton has a new program called the Tactics Team called Ta Training and Consultation to Implement Computer Science. The Tactics Team is a voluntary program for tech who want to grow their capacity as leaders in Pennsylvania's Computer Science Education Initiative, CSNPA. Joining Patent Pod today, I have two tech ready to talk about their role and their engagement in our tactics team. We have Tom Esposito from IU13 and Lauren Walker from CCIU. Welcome. Nice to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. So friends, before we even get into the computer science initiative stuff, TAC play so many different roles and have so many different responsibilities. Could you paint us a picture of what your job entails? So for my job specifically, I provide a lot of supports for training consultation, mainly in the area of behavior. I get a lot of behavior referrals for students who are struggling with social emotional skills to either work with them one-on-one -on -one or work with the teacher in a whole class type of environment. So I do a lot of work around that, providing either specific training on applied behavior analysis or supports that could be provided for the students in their classrooms, as well as in the gen ed environment and how we can try to bring those supports into whatever classes that we need to support those students in. So my main role is a lot with behavior. So big piece for me. My um, primary responsibility as tech is for assistive technology, which was somewhat of a connection to computer science. Um, and I was also assigned to STEM as a whole uh, to support school districts um, and teachers that would want to increase the amount of inclusion in STEM programming. Um, so this is somewhat of a crossover between the technology piece that I do and the STEM computer science piece that I do. So it was a natural fit for me to work on that. But your background as a tech before the computer science initiative kind of came on, on you know, out, was it purely AT or were you playing other roles as a tech? For, for, C, for CS? Or no, just general. I've done a lot in special education over over 30 years. Um, I also have a behavior background, uh, but this prim this work primarily came out of the assistive technology connection that I have. And you know, it's so it's interesting to hear both of your stories. But I know you have colleagues across the state who are in different little areas, or maybe have expertise in different backgrounds too, that bring those lenses to the table as well, right? Not everybody like Tom has that background in assistive technology, or not every TAC is deeply involved with the um, with some of the behavior supports. Is that accurate to say? Yeah, I, I think absolutely. that's a benefit for us that when we work together, mm -hmm. you know, when we work as a team together in, in tactics, we have different perspectives. So the, what does this look like for someone with behavior needs or yeah. social emotional challenges? Or what does it look like for someone who needs access yeah. to technology through, tech, through assistive technology? Yeah, and we bring that to our teams locally and just within our own intermediate units. So I am not on our AT side of things. So I always lean into those friends a lot for the assistive tech support. But we work so nicely together. It goes hand in hand because, like Tom had mentioned, access 
they're having trouble accessing and engaging with whatever that content is, then we know there's going to be a spike in behavior. So they're having difficulties there because they can't have that accessibility piece. So that's how these two really work together so well. So Tom, you hit on a little bit of that kind of natural connection between technology as a whole, assistive technology, and the way that the role of technology in computer science education. But uh, that tactic scene project was voluntary. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest, we kind of put it out there and was wondering if anyone would be interested. What maybe inspired you or is there something maybe other than your tech work that encouraged you to participate or get involved? I, I have a passion for um, students supporting teachers that work with students with autism and work with students with social emotional uh, difficulties. And those two groups of students, and Lauren, I know you agree, um, to me have such potential to bring to computer science and a lot of the passions that they have yeah. um, that we're not tapping into as much as we, we could. We can resolve a lot of, not all, but some behavioral issues by just increasing engagement in, in what they're passionate about at school. And computer science is really one way, one of many, but one way of doing that. Well, and like Tom had mentioned with the STEM statement of work and getting involved that way and computer science being a big piece of that. And then again, bringing it back to what my experiences were, like Tom mentioned, we have not tapped into those motivation, interest, even the strengths of our students who may be on the spectrum or have just some other learning needs that are a little bit different. They have many strengths and variety of areas but we have to think outside the box and computer science allows us to do that so that they can show how they can engage with something a little bit differently or how they know and how they can express what they know a little bit differently because they're going to use a tech tool for that to show instead of having to handwrite an essay to explain whatever that content might be so trying to see how we can bring those two worlds together use their strengths they are visual learners concrete we could build in all of the SEL, communication, problem solving, flexibility, teamwork. It, I just see such a connection. And like Tom said, it, I think it could benefit so many students. And I really do think it's that magic wand as a behavior person going into a lot of these classrooms. They expect you to walk in and fix that student immediately. What's the tool? What, what are you going to? And I really feel like this is the tool. This is the piece that's engaging for them. And not everyone's going to be into that tech, and but that's where you tap into, well, what are your interests? And how can we try to bring that into the technical world? Because we know this is their future. Technology is not going backwards. So we need to try to give them the skills so that they can use this to their benefit, either for personal interests or obviously careers. So that is my big piece is how do we get these kids careers using computer science, to benefit local communities, you know, that whole problem solving, real world experience, it's meaningful. And that's kind of what I feel like has been missing for some students. Yeah, that idea that, you know, you may literally be getting calls to come fix a student, but what you're bringing in to that relationship and that conversation isn't fixing the student, it's finding out what that barrier is or what, exactly. what the underlying concern is. And it, that motivation piece, computer science is really fun, right? And yes. there's so many things you can do with it. Right. So maybe that opens up 
the educators in that in that classroom environment their eyes to um, the opportunities and the capabilities of that student that they haven't seen before. Yes. Have you both seen that? Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I, I just also wanted to add um, in reference to the. I think your initial question was, you know, what's the connection? How do we get involved? Yeah. My intermediate unit has been very supportive when we when I mentioned tactics based on your you know call out for for interest. Um, my my administration was like right on top of that. Like, yes, this is you know we see a lot of value in in devoting letting you devote some time, which isn't a lot of time, but some time within the STEM statement of work and the STEM work to specifically think about computer science. And from my intermediate um, point of view, computer science and STEM is a big part. In, of special education, and even in our own, in our own programming, in our own immediate unit programming, we have our, our own uh, tech coaches that just work specifically, and you know some of them yeah. that, that work yeah. specifically with the special ed classes. So I'm I've developed a partnership with my two colleagues that that do that work to try to extend it into the school districts as well. So that that's a focus that. We're still having challenges with to get the word out that you know this support is available. If you have somebody included in you know in a computer science class specifically, let's let's there is support available. There is you know, coaching or observation or problem solving strategies or just inclusion supports available for that. I, I'm I'm so glad you brought that up, Tom. Um, unfortunately, the reality is is that. Fewer than or less than 2% of our students identified as having a disability are taking computer mm -hmm. science of any kind. Um, we are seeing that number increase, um, but still not uh, proportionate to their peers. Um, and that's that's similar to what uh, other, other states are, are working towards as well. Um, with your involvement, like you just mentioned, um, you know, there maybe there are fewer barriers just literally because you're in the same building as some of those classrooms, but where we experience maybe some of the greatest challenge are, what does it mean in, um, you know, in a school district with their fourth and fifth grade classrooms or their ninth grade intro to computer science class? Because you all are the experts in your world and what in people's mind's eye about special education. But when we flip it over and we're focusing on computer science and making that inclusive, that's where we're, we're seeing some of those difficult conversations. And you all have started to lead those locally and with positive results. Yeah, two ways that, that um, I'll speak, you know, I'll speak for my work, Lauren, I don't know specifically what you've done with, with Script and with CS for All. Uh, you know, facilitating those discussions, especially Script, which is a, uh, a district-wide planning process to start developing computer science instruction and curriculum. And I, when I get involved with those, uh, working with my STEM point of contact, uh, they're not always thinking, them being the administrators and the teams that are developing these programs, they're not thinking about the students where, where we spend yeah. all our time working with and the teachers that support those students. So just asking questions like, have you thought about this? Or have you thought about uh, the diversity in your school district? And, and increasing access to all this content, and they usually don't. And I'm not bashing school districts, but mm -hmm. 
you know, what are we thinking about when we think about computer science? We're thinking about the, excuse my language, the nerdy, you know, kid that just likes tinkering with computers. Right. We're not thinking about this, the child with autism that has a passion that you put a computer in front of them and they're like, they can learn it. Yeah. And knows know the ins and outs. I know someone personally who, yeah. who's very, very <laughs> like that uh, um, and knows ins and outs of computers, like almost instinctually, just a passion for it. Yeah. And Tom, what you're saying is we see it all the time, right? And that's been uh, kind of baked into our societal norms and culture, that stereotype of a, um, a genius or, you know, someone who that that's uh, their advanced level, and somehow they just magically end up knowing all of the, this computer science, these programming skills. Um, but when, as educators, we think about that, there are very few people that that is a reality for. Most of us need some kind of support and education and opportunity to get there. So even just acknowledging the fact that, oh yeah, those jobs exist, or you could learn this, it's our we're in the position to help scaffold that and create those pathways. Lauren, and you were kind of mentioning that too, is just, you, we can't say, oh yeah, did you know you could do this? And that be the end of the conversation, right? right? And just taking it to that next step. And those conversations are happening in those script meetings that we have, but it's still pretty limited. So trying to spread that word and really with the intentional planning behind it brings in that UDL piece as well. Like, how are we, are we thinking about this population, even just starting there? You know, what is our audience and are we effectively engaging every single one of those students? And really what can that look like and how can we as tax support that for your visions and your district-wide implementation? But I think it's just slow, small progress as well as having those opportunities and creating that visual piece for our students as well to feel like, oh, wait, that kid looks like me in a way, and I can do that as well. And it's not just in this box of the nerdy, you know, what it looks like, what we think it looks like, especially for the teachers too, to see, okay, that was done in a life skills class. I, as a special educator, I could attempt that, you know, I think that maybe if I could see it being done, I'd be more willing to try it or go for it with my tax support. I think that's the biggest piece too for some of the districts is just building that confidence and the support for the teachers, but it goes back to the support from admin as well. Like, are they, what's their vision for their computer science and are they willing to take on this work? And if they are like, let's all come together, think about those barriers intentionally and come up with solutions. And I find that a lot of the students actually have a lot of really great ideas too, getting their feedback on like, well, what do you think? What works for you? So involving them in the conversation, it could be beneficial as well. So you actually have kind of in that response phrase, my next question is what does it look like or how are, you've mentioned, you know, the strategic planning and supporting that, but can you give us uh, give us some glimpses of maybe some things that you have been working on or ways that you've gotten involved in classrooms? What does it look like? Yeah, I know for myself, and we got in with the drones, you know, which is great. We have these drones where they learn how to build them, they learn how to fly them, and they learn how to code them to fly them. An amazing opportunity. But what I don't want computer science to be is just people thinking that it's only the drones. So that is kind of how we got in because it's exciting. Like you said, it's fun, it's engaging, it got us in, but then I have a, one teacher I'm working with who then took it a next step. So we 
provided the drone experience for the students to get them excited about computer science, try some block coding. And then she went to her tech, uh, K-12 tech integration specialist and said, hey, I want to involve my students in this type of work. They seem to really enjoy working with the drones. What can we do? They expanded to CS first. They're doing work with Scratch. They're working with stop motion. They even are creating a podcast now and where they're going to make all of the cross-curricular connections to the podcast. Okay, they have to write show notes. That's involving writing piece, you know, sequencing. You could build so many skills within just what they've been doing. The biggest tie for her is that she was tying it to her social skills lesson. So the CS First conversation, CODA conversation, create a program about students going back and forth about their hygiene skills. She did the stop motion with self-advocacy. Okay, create a scene where you're advocating either if you're being bullied or to get help in class. They came up with these videos and it's just such a different way and they're so engaged and you could see that they really understand the content because they're creating um, independently. I think it's interesting that, the, you know, those examples that you just gave, um, those were, we talk about that as ways of if you're learning CS to learn CS, or you're using CS as a way to engage in learning uh, in other subjects or to reinforce those other skills, like those social emotional learning skills that you were talking about that. And I think maybe sometimes those conversations that we have with teachers, having that aha moment to say like, oh, no, 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 we're not just adding on CS. We're not just adding on another thing. Look at what, look at now how they're writing and how they're actually talking to one another at the table. Yeah. So it's a really cool um, opportunity and kind of a, a mental picture of that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, another, just while, while you were talking, yeah. and Laura and I have talked about this before. So just the element of being successful and having something that I, you know, usually the drones as an example, because I think that's our common experience. Yeah, it's the biggest. Um, the, the fact that I made this with these yeah. tiny, teeny tiny little screws and little screwdrivers, just enables so many extensions. Like we had to work together, we had to ask for help from each other. You know, these, are, these are those skills, and it's not, you're right, it's not about teaching computer science, although it is. Yeah. It's about all those other skills that- It's like the hidden vegetables, We always right? look for ways to <laughs> engage students, especially students that have difficulty whether it's because of language yeah. difficulty or even even physical motor difficulties. I'm currently working within my IU in a project to increase access for students in wheelchairs and how we can use um, assistive technology to build block code. I mean, that's an ongoing project. You know, talk to me in a year, I will yeah. do another patent pod on that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so that, you know, we're kind of making so many bridges and connections through computer science to yeah. things that we never thought we would be able to do. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, we talked about that. Well, yeah, the future's in technology and computer science, and we have all these wonderful pathways and jobs. But also, like you were just both hitting on, it's, those are the hidden vegetables, right? If they're learn, if they're engaging in computer science, we think about those four C's. They are collaborating with each other. They're problem solving. They are finding success literally right in front of them at their table. Maybe in ways that they've they've not really had that opportunity in traditional learning settings. Absolutely. And, and just, just in STEM in general, yeah. and specifically science, I know this is not a science patent pod, but we'll you know, the, the next <laughs> next generation science talks about cross-curricular connections, right? Mm -hmm. So that's about the teachings changing, and it should be changing to more phenomenon-based instruction. So, you know, we have this drone, what, you know, let's look at this drone. What can this drone do? How did it get there? How do you fly it? 
you know, all of that stuff, starting with a big question, asking lots of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, computer science is a natural way, at least in my opinion, of, of bringing that out. Yeah. What has the response been? We've talked about how that, that success for our students is you know, a motivator and it's just great. What has the response been for the teachers that you've been working with? How has this um, impacted them and maybe the way that they uh, go about their business? Yeah, I, I love that question. The one teacher I was just working with, we were working on a tech tool bringing in the M-Wave, and that's something that we learned through our assistive tech department, but it has uh, biofeedback to have the students work on their regulation skills to try to create this autonomic nervous system approach, which is just amazing. And it went so well with her class. But again, I started with the drones with her class. And then now this is just another component. No, it's not computer science, but it's a tech piece. But then she was like, wow, this is just invigorated my learning and seeing that we could bring something like that into this program to benefit a student. Like, what else do you have? You know, so she saw the drones. We're using that with her best buddies program. And that is expanding. And then this is just another facet of technology for teachers to see it in a different way that maybe it's could invigorate and excite them again of like, oh, what, what else is possible if I bring in some new tech? I had two very good experiences, once again referring to drones because that's where we started, Yeah. Uh, where I had uh, my tech team members actually build the drones. Well, we I built them, where they coded them and flew them but even seeing that process enlighten them is like, you know, we can make these as even as non-tactics people. Yeah. That this is that is that is a way of building uh, interest in, in learning. And then I actually went out and uh, had um, emotional support teachers, a group of them, uh, do the same activity with the drones. And they were like having all these, you know, eye-opening experiences, like I can really do this with my students. Mm-hmm. So I think that that you know, as as I think about um, the greater, broader world of tech, with at least within my intermediate unit, you know, I would invite anyone to contact me to come out with, and with, with whether it's a special ed class or just um, uh, a science teacher or a computer science teacher that wants to figure out how to do this to get a group of students to work on on building. Um, yeah. I, I think that's where where we need to kind of branch out a little bit more with. with from our self-contained classes into the field. And I know one of the side effects potentially of this podcast is to get that word out that we can start to make these connections to inclusive settings. Mm-hmm. I hope so. And, yeah. and you both hit on that too. It's just the idea of that you, you're there. You are the help. So if teachers are nervous or yeah. they've never worked with um, a specific tool or, um, or are unsure of their ability with computer science, we literally have a support team. That's you, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot, I want to say frustration, but I was meeting with a teacher yesterday in a training session. Um, and the question, I won't get specific, but she was asked, she was frustrated that she wasn't being able to make connections with students with, students with IEP in this case. Um, and how do I get more engagement? It was a science teacher, but uh, so we had a really deep discussion. She didn't realize that support was there. Yeah. And I think a lot of teachers don't realize. Exactly. Our special ed teachers know, but not necessarily a computer science teacher may not know yeah. that if I have a student that may be a little bit challenging in the class, I can't get them engaged, or there's a communication problem or an access problem, that 
tactics is there to help them. Right. Yeah, and just having those opportunities, those experiences for the teachers and seeing like where are those gaps for these students. We kind of have to be in the room to see like where is the disconnect for this maybe one learner or maybe more than one learner with you know, what's the disconnect? Where can we provide maybe some additional supports, whether that be structural academic supports or social emotional supports that may need to help them to stay within that class? Like a lot of students may hit a frustration level and then become very angry and then that takes them away from the class. But we want to try to work with that and provide strategies so that student can remain in the class still, but work through that frustration because that's the reality. So a lot of what I've worked with with students with autism, they are you know in a separate classroom and doing social skills instruction one on one, and it looks great, get awesome responses, they know the right answers, but then you go to that real life application and it kind of falls apart. So that's where we can bridge these two together with our support to bring it into that inclusive setting because that's really where it should be happening. And I just wanted to add, because it just came to mind, that there's also a lot, I don't know if it's confusion or a misconception that this is a cost associated with tax yeah. support. There actually is no cost associated with, no out-of-pocket cost for a school district to, to tap into TAC, any TAC, tactics specifically for us, uh, because it's all funded through uh, federal money um, as long as the as long as the teacher has a student or the, the the consult is related to a student with a disability, there's no cost. So it's just reaching out to your local intermediate unit and finding out who your TAC person is. And some even have tactics people. Yeah. Uh, not every IU has one, but yeah. yet um, we we hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, keep sending those yeah. invitations yeah. out, uh, and uh, that service is available. You just have to know how to who to reach to get right. to get it. Yeah, that's a really great point. I think a lot of people are not sure, like how do I go about that process and what is the cost? What Do we have this in the budget? And I'm always like, no, you just have to reach out and we can provide support. Like Tom said, the students with disabilities is the piece, so they have to make sure that they're tying it to some related need that they currently mm -hmm. have in the classroom, but they could probably reach out to their case managers the student's IEP case manager and ask what tech they were working with or just reaching out to their local IU to see who's on their TAC team, who might be doing some of this work. And it might be more in the AT world and you know that might be where they're at, but until we get more tactics members across the state, they could still you know start there. So I just a recap, and I wanna say this out loud and make sure it's in the transcript. TAC are a service provided at no cost to the individual teacher and to the school district. Let's make that very mm -hmm. loud and clear. And also, you all are, have been so inviting and warm and welcoming. It's not this huge commitment, right? You guys have described um, you know, that idea of consultation of just having a discussion, like you both have said, or going in and modeling or mentoring. So. It's not a gotcha. You're not signing up for this huge right. pathway, right? Right. Yeah. So, so, and it's a great point. I don't, without getting too technical about tech, it's not mm -hmm. an evaluative process. Right. It's a supportive process. Yep. So we, but there's a little somewhat of a misconception, and I get this a lot. Like, oh, here's the tech person coming in. It's going to tell me what I'm doing wrong, mm -hmm. right? Or I'm just so intimidated by this person coming in. I'm not a very intimidating person, generally <laughs> speaking, but you still have that aura. 
about yes. about tech. It's nice. It's very good for our egos that we, that we can think <laughs> we have this power, this great power, but it's not. We're we work in a. I'll speak for myself, but I know you. you we work in, we work as colleagues, mm-hmm. as coaches, yep. as guidance, as supports, and not as gotcha. You're yeah. doing something wrong. Uh, so don't be intimidated by that. Reach out and, and embrace it and use it as support and t- for growth. Yeah, in whatever way. Like you said, if it's just starting the discussion, that might be where it is the first year and coming up with plans and shifting, depending upon what goals are coming up or what we're seeing feedback from the students with, you know, and then guiding our decisions from there collaboratively. And it's not us to say, hey, you have to do it this way. Get that a lot with behavior referrals for myself. They're like, okay, tell me exactly what should be done. But it really is more just considerations for the team. Hey, here are some strategies that you could consider to implement. And if you want to, I can walk alongside you with that. We can come out and provide really one-on-one support and fade back that support as we go through the year and just base it on need. So it's very collaborative and fluid. Right, so shout out or reach out to all the computer science. I'm not supposed to look in the camera and I won't. I know, reach out I to all the it. computer science teachers to find out that who your yeah. TAC person is in your intermediate unit, specifically if they have tactics, even better. Yeah. Uh, if, they, if you don't have tactics, I'm sure there's someone, I'm sure there's a TAC person yeah. that has an interest like we have that would be very happy to come out and support a computer science teacher. Yeah. So and just on that note, to recap, all of our intermediate units do have TAC. And there yes. are teams, depending on maybe the size of the IU, there may be multiple TAC um, mm-hmm. with different specialties or mm-hmm. departments like assistive technology or behavior. Um, and we would love to have more intermediate unit tech get involved in computer science through the tactics team. So whether or not um, uh, an audience member has a is in an IU with a tactics team member, they definitely have IU tech they can contact, um, and and they might have some uh, some skills or some some experience to offer, or they might also partner with one of you all. Um, because you guys collaborate so great together all the time, right? Yeah, we do. We have there's a small. It's a small group. Not, I don't know, maybe twenty of us. Yeah, so I feel like less than that. Some that are doing tactics, but um, you know, when we us, when we were called to provide STEM support, there wasn't a lot of like direction on that. But the tactics was one that actually was very clear yeah. about this is what we want. Well, thank you. I, I know. Yes. I know how that was all. I mean, you know, a lot of work was. Like this is what even had this is what we expect of you to do. This is what we want you to get involved with, and we needed that. Yeah. And so, my, shout out to the tax, the fellow yeah. tax out there. You know, maybe you want to get if you want to get involved with STEM tactics. Tactics is a way yeah. to get in because we we have direction. Mm-hmm. We have specific things that we could work on and things to learn. And I wanted to mention before another reason why I was interested in tactics is I want to learn more about computer science. Mm-hmm. We're yeah, not computer exactly. science yes. experts. Yeah. So I've learned so much in the past, you know, two, three years right. about coding. And so because if we we have that, we need that that's fundamental background knowledge to be able to say to apply it to, to, to teachers right. that teach students with disabilities. Yeah, and I have no problem admitting I'm not a computer science expert yet. You know, like we're learning, I know about this much, but these students are teaching us and we're mm-hmm. learning alongside them. And it's just such an amazing opportunity, again, for careers. Like my biggest thing is 
looking at things that are becoming automated, knowing the students that I've worked with in the past, you know, I do have fears, like what will their career be? However, if we know that they have some interest, motivation with computers, maybe learning programming, they could learn how to program the robot that's gonna clean the bathroom instead of being on the other end. You know, that's where my mind is and possibilities seem endless in this world because it's always evolving. So just coming up with new ideas and new plans and continuing the learning is just so exciting. Well, it's been truly an honor to talk to you. Uh, you know, selfishly, I'm involved in tactics with you and I, I love it. Um, but hearing more about the way that you engage, not only within your IU support, uh, but really offering, you've done a great job of putting that out there, right? This is a walking advertisement or sitting in this, in this case, <laughs> if you're watching, a sitting advertisement for school districts, for individual teachers, regardless if they're um, a special educator or a ninth grade teacher starting a computer science class or a fourth grade teacher whose background is in math and science, everyone is welcome to engage with you all and the invitation is open. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what I would say to our audience members is if you have been inspired by Tom and Lauren and you are in a school district or in a classroom and you are interested in getting involved with computer science or maybe there's another, uh, another area of need for students in your classroom who have disabilities, contact your local intermediate unit, ask to get in touch with your TAC, and, uh, and they, will, they will be right there to help and support you. Um, if you are a TAC interested in learning more about our <laughs> tactics program, you can reach out to us in the show notes, and we'd be happy to have you participate in our computer science programming and like our guests mentioned, develop your own skill set so that you can be better advocates for the students with disabilities that you serve each and every day. Again, Lauren, Tom, it has been a pleasure. I can't wait to hear, and maybe we will come back and talk about <laughs> what hear. other projects you've been working on. Um, audience members, I hope that you'll uh, come back to Pat and Pod for another episode really soon. But before we close out, of course, I have to give a shout out to John Ragsdale, who makes all the magic of these episodes. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon.